As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, and they are many. Uh, so far in the saddle, we have Janine, we have Leonard, we have Jose, we have Ben and myself. So tonight is going to be extenuation of Exodus chapter 30. Uh, two, we dabbled in Revelation chapter 13 last week. We compared the two. We did not empty the powder keg on that one because the dynamic is very deep. And once you just bring out a few simple things, people begin to realize, well, why did God do that? You're literally starting to think at the end of the day that the whole reason why Exodus 32 was written in the annuals of time was because Revelation 13 has not yet happened yet. And if that's what you're starting to feel, that's because you're exactly correct. That is why those events happened. They were to facilitate the preparation of the bride of Christ for that event coming down the barrel. So whole lot, of, whole lot to learn here. I hope I don't have a whole lot to say because, you know, I like to ingest what God has to share too. And that's a beautiful thing. So, I'm going to turn it over to Ben. He can go where he wants to go. I don't care myself. Who knows? Jose want to maybe want to go in left field and Ben wants to go to the supermarket. It doesn't matter to me. God's word is exciting. And it is just that very thing. It's God's word. So, Ben, you got the mic. Take over. Le Leonard and Janine, you guys are both with us. Yes, they're here. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm here. Okay. Um, I take it that both of you have have read uh, Exodus 13 a couple times maybe in the past week. Is that a fair characterization? Yes. Yes. Okay. So would you care to describe to the audience what is happening with you in, in these two chapters? Are we out to lunch saying that they are talking about the same thing? Are they, are they talking about the same thing? What's, what's happening with you 
uh, personally to the degree that you're comfortable talking about it. Well, I'm going to let Jose go first on that one. Jose or Leonard? He's saying, uh, who was it that spoke with me? I, I, uh, it was I Leonard. forget. Was it Leonard? Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Leonard. Sorry about that. Yeah. Leonard, would you be so kind as to go first? Yeah, I was just thinking about it when I asked you guys a question about how long when Moses was in in Sinai. I think I it says it in Exodus 24 that he was up there for 40 days and 40 nights. So um, it just kind of reminds me of like the temptation of Jesus Christ and how uh, the people, you know, they're tempted because Moses is gone. And uh, but they're tempted to sin. And um, it just it just shows me how people are like today <clears throat> how people are tempted to sin to uh you know the assemblies you know of people how they go to church they say they go to church and they say they worship god but their lifestyle and the way they live is a complete opposite of what what the bible says how to live and another thing when i was reading and here was talking about um we haven't got to that part yet but uh when it's talking about the law, you know, written on the tablets and how it just remind me how God's law is written on our hearts and uh, to either do good or to uh, convict you of doing bad. You know, uh, God's law is written on everybody's heart. You know, uh, you know, everybody's going to have to answer to that when they go before the Lord. So uh, but as far as it uh, going to Revelation uh, 13, you know, uh, I always I always tell my children the whole Bible is prophetic. So every time that you read, it doesn't matter if you're in Genesis or in Exodus, you're always going to see a type and shadow of Jesus Christ because it's all about him. You know, uh, he's a living word of God. He is the spirit of prophecy. So the whole Bible is written about him. And so that always to look for that, you know, when you're reading, no matter what you're reading, sometimes the kids you know, think that they're reading something and they think it's boring. I said, well, you know, you just have to look with eyes to see where do you see Christ in that? Where do you see, you know, because the Bible is prophetic. So it's always constantly speaking, no matter, you know, from the beginning to the end. That's why I've seen a lot of uh, Genesis 1 in here and then and 3 in here as far as, uh, you know, it, the people. You know, you see Aaron, you know, right, right away he's blaming the people. Just as Eve and Adam, they blamed each other. You know, it's the same thing. <clears throat> There's nothing new under the sun. So, you know, it's, you know, it's prophetic in the way where you see Christ, you know, you see the people caught, you know, wanting an image of the beast. You see the people uh, dancing and, and they're naked, you know, which you see, which I, I think that word in here is like asterisk or something like that, you know, where, uh, this is what you see today in our entertainment, you know, is uh, sexual, you know, they're sexualizing our youth and, and uh, you know, the people, you know, to do these type of things. A lot of these people don't think that they're worshiping, but they are. They're worshiping with their obedience and their acts. You know, they're they're giving their body to these things that we see. And this is why you see a corruption upon the earth, you know, and this is the reason why these people are going to, you know, they want they're they're gonna build the image of the beast because that's that's what's in their heart, you know. 
So, yeah, I mean, a lot of this stuff stuck out to me. I mean, we can go through it, but that's just a quick overview. Okay. Well, it's uh, it, it's interesting to me that you that you bring up Exodus 24 because um, he literally tells Moses to uh, warn the people to not try and go up the mountain, right? Uh, literally warns them uh, to not do that, to break loose, right? So it's obvious that the people um, would have been curious about the form and figure of God, even if they were terrified by it, because, you know, the whole mountain was covered uh, in a mist, right? And um, with the image of the beast, they obviously get something that they can look at, right? Something that's pleasing to the eye. But um, Janine, what, uh, what, what's been going on with you as you've been uh, revisiting these, uh, these chapters? Does it make sense that this, well, that this is a parallel? Do you, are we, you know, is there something to what we're talking about? What, what's happening with you? I've just been spending a few minutes here um, catching up. I have to confess that I did not um, take the opportunity to read um, it more as thoroughly as I should have. Um, but there's just some things that just, I guess that's because I've always done in my life, I have done many um, very intricate embroideries, sewing. Um, I have worked with precious metals for years and years and years and am quick to look at a ounce of gold and note immediately whether it's triple nine or quadruple nine fine. And one thing that I, um, see if I can find the verse, um, this, this stuck out to me like, it just came blasting off the page. Um, it, it's 32 and it's starting, um, in verse 22, and he said, Aaron said, do not let the anger of my Lord burn. You know the people yourself, that they are prone to evil. For they said to me, make a God for us who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Okay, like Jesus Christ, we, when's he coming back? He said he was going to come back. I haven't seen him yet. Is he really coming? That echoes there to me. I said to them, whoever has any gold, let them tear it off. So they gave it to me, and I threw it into the fire, and out came this calf. That struck me. It just leapt off the page at me. Out came this calf. Not I took, I, Aaron, took the gold, smelted it down, casted it, worked it, formed it. No. It just leapt out of the fire, is what he's insinuating to me in the English. Now, perhaps the Hebrew or the Greek says something different. I do not have access to those versions. But that, to me, just, you know, like, I had nothing to do with it. It just, it made itself. I don't yeah. know if that's there again. You know, that's just one of those little tiny picky details that just leap out at me. Yeah, that's uh, it, it certainly is an interesting description. 
um, he makes it sound like he didn't have anything to do with it, right? Yeah, who me? I didn't touch that goal. You know, it made itself. You right. Know. Right. Very, it was inherently it was inherently gold, like the inherent goodness of man that some people would have us believe. Right. Contrary to scripture. Right. So let's let's do this. Let's let's back up. Um, I want to provide a couple guardrails, and I know we've, we've mentioned this over and over again, but the reason why what Leonard said is true, that the whole Bible is prophetic, is because we know that um, Jesus is the Word, right? And we know that the Bible is the Word, and we know that um, we know that uh, what has been is what shall, shall be. And so let's... Um, you know, if we go to um, Ecclesiastes one nine, what does it say there? It it literally says, "What has been is what will be, and what has been done Amen. is what will be done, and there is nothing new under the sun." Amen. So, if we know that, if if we know that, and then if we look at the the New Testament. What is supposed to be happening to us? Matthew and I sometimes will refer to your remembrancer. Um, what's supposed to be happening when we read the Bible is what God says in John 16, verse 13. The spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The things that are to come, right? That's mm -hmm. prophecy, prophecy, prophetic, yep. simply meaning what is what is about what is going to happen. Maybe not right next this next minute. People, you know, they take prophecy uh, like psychics, where you can get numbers for the lottery or figure out if someone's going to be your husband or your wife or uh, those sorts. That sort of nonsense. But um, literally, uh, what is to come? The important, the important things. Uh, that's what, that's what's supposed to be uh, happening. And um, when you think about the condition of the church and how many people are confused when it comes to Bible prophecy, there's obviously something that's not working. Because, and and it hints at it here. You know, it says that he will not speak of his own authority, but what he hears he will speak, and he will declare to you the things which are to come. So if that's not happening, if there's confusion around what is to come, there's something wrong. Someone is, is speaking of their own authority. Does that make sense? Yes, perfect sense. I was just thinking this morning, um, we were driving into a local town to, to guys, buy some groceries. We have some bad weather probably coming this week. And um, the the churches that adhere to a stricter interpretation of scripture, um, as opposed to those who don't, which don't, you know, you know how the various denominations are, are different and some are much more lax than others. Let's put it that way. I noticed that the lax, more lax congregations that I know of around in the area, 
their parking lots are full. The ones that put a stricter interpretation upon the scripture as far as various ordinances, there's maybe six cars there. And, and I just throw that out there. Well, I think that they heap up teachers to their itching ears. Right. <clears throat> and that's what I was thinking. Uh, like, you know, throughout this week, I was thinking about these verses. And, you know, Egypt is like the world, right? Like, you know, the world today. And the children of Israel were surrounded by the world when they were in Egypt. So they took on to themselves a lot of that you know, of, of what the Egyptians were doing. And I believe that's why they made a calf and the worship was of what they seen the Egyptians doing. And it just reminded me of like the church today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm not mm -hmm. saying the whole church, but you know, like you were saying these bigger churches, they have allowed the world to come into the, into the, uh, into the churches. And, you know, a lot of the people 11 have, of the Pharisees. Right. Right. And that's what I see. Like when I was reading mm -hmm. this, I see that, I mean, that's the reason why they, you know, they wanted, they were used to seeing that type of worship and they were trying to mix the two. Okay, very good. So what, uh, okay, you got something to say? Go, go ahead. That's good. Well, I was, um, what really struck me after that, after this calf just sprung full blown from the fire, um, you know, now when Moses saw that the people were out of control, for Aaron had let them get out of control to be a derision among their enemies. So that that verse stuck out to me. Um, first of all, that Aaron had had the control, but chose not to exercise it. And that their enemies were amongst them and witnessed it. So that the the Jewish the, the 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 children of the promise had allowed themselves to be um, to commit adultery. They fornicated with the gods of Egypt, and so they were a derision amongst their enemies. But then to further, um, it says Moses stood in the gate of the camp. He stood in the gate. Whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered together, and basically to synopsize it, he just said, pick up your sword and kill everybody. Right. And, you know, that, that just, and there's no reference made in that account in Scripture of any mourning or grief or anger or retribution from the people that were being killed. No, they were just, okay, and then... Moses says, dedicate your, the next day, Moses says, dedicate yourselves today to the Lord. For every man has been against this, his son and against his brother in order that he may bestow a blessing upon you today. So. Right. So you know, there's just, there's so much packed in that. And, and literally he tells us in the New Testament, right? They'll. There'll be a day when brother will be against brother and father against son and mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mm -hmm. right? And that's literally yep. what he's describing here. But where did we finish off reading last time? Which verse? Was it um, was it um, um, 20 or was it um, 10. 14? 
was yeah, 10. Yeah, it was 10. Uh, because was 10? 10? Okay. I'm pretty sure because I don't think we had even covered um, Moses' entreaty to the okay. Lord to spare the people. Is, and that's really important. So let's let's read it and let's um, and let's discuss it because many of the the listener hasn't probably has not read this. So let's read. So it. Let's do read. you want me to read? Uh, Since I always crave that blessing. Yeah, it's a great. I crave blessing. the blessing. <laughs> there you go. So let's read that first. Okay, I'm jealous of it. Yeah. Okay, and so we'll, we'll discuss it. Okay, so which verses uh, eleven through like fifteen? Yes. Or all the way when 14. he comes down the mountain. No, eleven, 11 through 14. fourteen. Yes, please. Fourteen. Okay. Then Moses entreated the Lord his God and said, "O Lord, why does your anger burn against your people, whom you have brought out in the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians speak saying?" With evil intent, he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth. Turn from your burning anger and change your mind about doing harm to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, to whom you swore by yourself and said to them, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heavens in all this land of which I have spoken. I will give to your descendants and they shall inherit it for Ever, so the Lord changed his mind about the harm which he said he would do to his people. So, what does that remind the two of you of? Jesus pleading. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Leonard, do you have anything to add to that? No, I agree with that. Uh, it reminds me of like, uh, you know, uh, Abraham, you know, praying for uh, to see if there's any anybody in, uh, if anybody, any 50 people would be righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah, praying the, that, you know, if you could the, find The bargaining. Somebody. Right. Yeah, right. the bargaining. Right. Yeah, that's a lot of chutzpah. That takes chutzpah to be arguing and dickering with the Lord Almighty. Well, notice my little interjection. Notice what he's hanging his um, his argument on, right? He's hanging the Lord's on own his, word, his own promise, right? Amen. Jose, do you have anything to add to that, Matthew, about this particular uh, stanza? Well, I just, real quick, Matthew, I, I, I just, I'm always drawn to the stars of heaven. I mean, you know, that's, that's where I always key in. So go ahead, Matthew. Yeah. And that becomes inverted in revelation. That's for sure. Um, but this is what is lacking in the book of revelation. This is truly what's missing is there's no intercession. And it makes you wonder, this being the case, I mean, these very short verses in the middle of this chapter. If I cannot find an echo of that in the book of Revelation, 
it makes me think this is what is being waited for. Once there isn't any intercession, is that what brings the tribulation on? Is that what induces the tribulation trigger when nobody's interceding anymore? Yeah, it makes me think of the night when no good deed can be done. Um, exactly. Right? Exactly. This is the most dire threat Christ the King ever gave us. He told us, look, there is a night coming when no good deed can be done. That's terrifying. That came out from Christ's mouth. And the only thing I can figure in my mind for him to say that, to invoke that, would be that very reason. There's nobody interceding. So I'll leave that at your doorstep. Well, um, let's be clear about what what uh, that is amplified in Matthew 25. Is everybody familiar with the parable of the ten virgins? Yeah. Leonard, are you familiar with that? Yeah. So in that whole exchange right i mean if you if you were to preach on the parable of the ten virgins um the thing that everyone wouldn't ask but if you were to if if you had a five-year-old or an eight-year-old in with the uh assembly and they raised their hand and the pastor called on them uh i guarantee you the one thing that they would want to know is wouldn't jesus be mad with those five virgins for not sharing their oil Mm -hmm. And yet we're told that there is going to be a night when no good deed can be done. And yeah. that's amplified over and over again. We've got in judges, you've got the you, you've got the Benjamite concubine, right? She they literally throw her out and let her be ravaged all night long. And then in the morning she returns and then her life passes as she's resting on the threshold. Right. There was no good deed. That was done that night, right? So that's what that's what my remembrancer kicks off on. But Jose, do you have anything to add to that? Just kind of tying off what Matthew was saying. What if the reason why there's no more intercession is because God's completed his promise about making Abraham's descendants the stars of heaven? And so now he's got to fulfill that second part of that promise, making his making Abraham's sons the 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 sand of the seashore, the dust of the earth. So that's that's what I see right there. Um, he can't God God can't execute that judgment because the stars haven't been completed yet. Once they are, then he's free to, to uh, execute his wrath and his judgment. And in the process, creating that, the the sand also, the, the dust. Well, and and um, you're going to see um, a very good picture of dust here uh, in the coming stanzas, right? Um, but let's, um, anything else that we want to add to 11 through 14? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, Moses is the is more or less the type of Jesus, right? He's the shadow, the silhouette, if you will. Yes? Yeah, I would agree with that. You'd have to. Okay, so, right, does not does it not say in the New Testament then that Jesus lived to make intercession, or not lived, but his role now is the high priest? making intercession for us in heaven. Yeah. So does that count as inter- the intercession that you're talking about? I guess I'm, I'm, I'm not quite maybe understanding what you're talking about when you say um, there's, there's no intercession possible at some point in time. Well, let's think of this. Um, what, um, what was going on in the Garden of uh, Gethsemane? When the Christ, what, what did the Christ say to the disciples? Could you not stay awake to be with me? Right. What What did he ask them to do when they to were, pray? To pray. Right. And what was what was the Christ literally asking for at that moment in time? Intercession. Right. So what what by extension is it not a, a fair to to assume that? that the disciples should have been praying on behalf of the Christ and interceding on his behalf, asking for the same thing. I mean, if your friend is, is deeply disturbed, who, I mean, has been through storms that have shook boats and he's been completely calm and here he is, he's upset. Wouldn't that, wouldn't you be praying? Wouldn't you be concerned for that individual? Yeah. going to be praying for them. You know, when I fall silent, it isn't because I—it's because my mind is racing to assimilate all of this. Um, I had never looked at it. That's what I value and appreciate and crave in in meeting with with you, because I am literally um, the, the woman with the issue of blood t- attaching my hands to the hem of his garment because that's how desperately I want to understand and to, I want I don't want to say to know, but to love and appreciate what my Lord has done for me, because I, the older I get, the more, the more attuned I become and the more aware I become of how desperately unworthy I am of his sacrifice. Having said that, I have never thought about that. Yes, they fell asleep. They did not intercede, just as the church 
is falling asleep. Let, let me say it more plainly. What good deed did any of the disciples do that night? Nothing. They all ran. Even yeah. the act of taking up that sword and striking that man, is that is that what they were called to do? No. So we and I and I don't mean to distract the listener, but and I and I forgive me, but I can't help but go to all these places in the Bible because I've read it enough that I recognize these milestones and I say, okay, this this is a type and shadow of this, and this is the type and shadow of that. And so forgive me if that's a bit distracting, but if the um, if the listener has not read that account in the Garden of Gethsemane, you should read it from the perspective of a night when no good deed can be done, because literally that is that is what is being described there. You, know? you could mm -hmm. even you could even extend that to you could even extend that to the um, uh, the, the Jewish um, uh, authorities, right? Because what were they doing? They had a man that they um, they were angry with, they were upset with, um, not because he was doing anything wrong, but because he undermined their authority. Yeah. Who, who was doing good? To Matthew's point, I think Matthew raises a very good point. There was no inter intercession. I mean, how could the Christ, I mean, the Christ prayed on his own behalf. He asked the, his father to to take the cup from him, but intercession by definition is someone else standing in the gap for you, is it not? Yeah. You know, let's let's take a deep breath, okay? Now, these are very harsh words. They're extremely harsh. But this is this is the facts of the matter. Let's take this back to those five good versions, right? Once the night had fallen, they could not share their oil. Because all the merchants were closed, right? Right. Yes. So those five virgins, well, all ten virgins knew. All ten virgins knew they had a window of opportunity by which they could do good. All of them knew it. But once that night fell, once all the merchants went to bed, once the once the city gate was closed, it was closed indeed. Now, the very same thing happened with the, with the disciples. Literally, their lamps went out. It's just that in the parable of the ten virgins, it's easier on the listener. It's easier on the reader. It's easier on the doer because it's externalized with this lamp that runs out of oil. Where what happened in Gethsemane is a whole lot harsher on the Christian. Yeah, they fell asleep at the wheel when they should have been the one interceding. So this is very tough, but we all know this. There is coming a time down the barrel when that which restrains will no longer restrain. We all know that's coming. 
All of us know that's coming. We know it. We know that this has got to be somehow linked up with the very first part of Matthew 24. It has to be. Why are there birth pains if there's intercession? There can't be. If Leonard is left alive and he is able to intercede that those birth pains not come upon me or any of the other Christian church, what's the problem? Something's happening. Something's mechanically wrong here. So we all know in our heart of hearts, in our subconscious, we know the night is coming by which there's going to be these birth pangs and there's nothing you can do to stop them. For some rhyme, for some reason, you know, the Old Testament, you know, states it very plainly. God says, you better pray in a time when I'm going to listen because during a flood of many waters, I'm not going to listen to a word you have to say. And that's what comes out of his own mouth. So, yes, these things are harsh. But this time is coming. It's coming down the barrel. And you have a chance to prepare yourself right now. So, this is what really is important. That we be able to think of ourselves, look... When I go into the Garden of Gethsemane, am I going to be able to stay awake? You're going to be able to figure out what to do beforehand. Like, don't you dare lay down. You better be standing up. There's all kinds of things you can do to stay awake. There's all kinds of things you can do to make sure you got enough oil to last through the night. I mean, how many hours did each of you today, this very day, pray for provision? How many of you prayed according to the promise? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry I have to do that. But look, this was done to me. I remember one time plainly before Rachel's grandfather died. The last time I saw him before he went into the hospital. We come strolling in smiles on our faces and, and grandpa was very stern. He just had this sideways look that he had to give me. So when, you know, Rachel and her grandma got to talking, he leaned forward. He goes, you haven't prayed for the promise today, have you? <laughs> and of course, me being, you know, a 27-year-old idiot, he took me by complete surprise. Why was I supposed to do that? I just drove an hour and a half, you know, so Rachel could come see you. But he knew. How many of you have prayed today for the promise? Because that's why you're here. We just read why you're here. We just read Moses reminding God himself, look, you, you can't do this. You promised. You promised Abraham. You promised him. You can't. You cannot let your promise fall to the ground. But yet the night's coming. It's coming. And. We know why it's coming because, well, Revelation chapter 6, the fifth seal makes himself pretty clear. You know, there comes a time when there's a cutoff time, when it's not twilight anymore, the sun's went down, the city gates are closed, all the shops are closed, everybody's in bed and nobody's getting up, and you better be 
who, what, where, when, why you say you are. You don't have a choice. It is coming. So that's what we all need to realize that Exodus chapter 32 is all about. It's about you going to the Garden of Gethsemane. Oh, yes, it is, because by God, you are going. Now, we might get out of it if we enter into our rest. But if not, if we are part of the group that is alive and that remain, you can take this to the bank. When God says he's going to send you into the crucible, he's going to refine you. Oh, yes, he is. There's no way around it. So I know it's hard to hear, but it's necessary because if you don't know it, you're going to be just like the disciples when they laid down their little heads. Ben? Amen. Um, we're running out of time. Let's, uh, let's try to get through 15 through uh, 20. Leonard, would you like to read? Yeah. <clears throat> then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, tablets which were written on both sides. They were written on one side and the other. The tablets were God's work, and the writing, and the writing was God's writing engraved on the tablets. Now when Joshua heard the sound of the people, as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is a sound of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the sound of the cry of triumph, nor is it the sound of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. Do you want me to keep going? Yes. It came about as soon as Moses came near the camp that he saw the calf, and the dancing and Moses' anger burned, and he threw the tablets from his hand and shattered them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf which they had made and burned it with the fire and ground it to powder. He scattered it over the surface of the water and made the sons of Israel drink it. Then Moses said to Aaron, Why, why did this people... Let's, why let's did stop it, there. Let's okay. stop there at 20. Um, when you think of of Bible prophecy and the events in the book of Revelation. Anything stick out to you in verses 15 to 20 that, that uh, ring a bell? The hailstones. Okay. Leonard, can you think Fire of from heaven. Okay. Good. Leonard? No, nothing comes right now to mind. So let me ask both of you this question. And uh, in, in, if you were to go back into the time, this time period, what sort of sounds would you associate with war? Would you associate perhaps a trumpet? Yeah. In those days, I would, yeah, trumpet, um, the sound of horses, perhaps, chariots. Yeah. Screams, cries. Right. I mean, don't we get uh, announcements in Revelation every time a new event is about to happen? Don't we get uh, large 
proclamations, announcements, so that everybody's aware of what's getting ready to happen? Right. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Jose, anything to add to that? Oh, what are you, serious? Um, Revelation <laughs> chapter 5, you know, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. I saw on the right hand of him who sat on the throne a book written inside and on the back, sealed up with seven seals. This is where it comes from. This double-sided scroll with the seven seals on it, it is those two tablets. I mean, did nobody catch that, that he said that the tablets were written on the front and the back? That's where it comes from. Yep. Um, yep. So, 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 so literally, I, I, I just can't believe that, you know, that Janine and Leonard didn't remember that. Um, and, well, with that in mind, um, I think I'll just stop right there. Um, I have a whole lot of remembrancers I could go on a diatribe. Unfortunately, we got 10 minutes left. So, uh, Jose, if you got something to add, please do. I did, that's, that's well enough with my soul right there. Well, just um, the fact that Moses and Joshua were the two two witnesses to what was going on. That's the first thing when I saw that Moses and Joshua talking. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, Matthew, um, Joshua is, is Jesus in the Greek, correct? I'm looking it up right now, but that's what I remember. Yes, you're uh, you're right on. You're right on time. Right on target. Right there. Um, yes. Yes, it is. Um, and I also want need to answer a question. Janine mentioned earlier about this calf hopping out. Yes, uh, the Septuagint agrees with the Masoretic text that in the Greek is uh, G uh, 1831. It literally means that. And the Hebrew agrees with H uh, 3318 means to come forth, come out, literally both the texts absolutely agree that this calf popped out. And this calf that popped out, of course, was thrown into the fire, ground into powder, scattered on the, you know, scattered, and then the Israelites had to drink it. So. Well, how about the bitter water? Isn't, isn't there a time in the book of Revelation when the waters become mm -hmm. bitter? Mm-hmm. Wormwood. And to your point, uh, Janine, um, if you smash tablets into the ground, clearly um, you would have um, the residue of that falling, you know, climbing up and then falling down again. Um, you would have yes. um, uh, hail from that or a type of that, right? Well, and then, yeah, and, and then also um, it would be dust. There would be yeah. a, a large amount of dust, I would assume. You know, and it talks of the sores that they had in the book of Revelation. Do you agree with all that, Leonard? I do. I just, you know, the, and the thing of dancing is people just with no care in the world before Moses and, um, and before they're coming down to the mountain and how they see the people and uh, just living, living life with no care the days of noah right or it wasn't it last week leonard said something you know the garden 
you know, Adam said, well, it's this woman that you gave me. She made me do it. You know, she gave me to eat. Yeah, Adam so, did not intercede, right? Adam did not intercede on behalf of his wife in that moment, right? Yeah, right. yeah I mean, a useless intellectual exercise is to think of what would have happened had Adam said, yeah, boy, I really blew it, you know. <laughs> you know, I just, well, whatever. Like I said, useless intellectual exercise. There was no intercession in that moment, right? No. No, there was none. I mean, intercession is literally the act of, of standing um, in the gap, in the breach, right, for another. Yeah. And in this case, um, that's what you see Moses doing. But in 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 the um, in the case of uh, Genesis, the third chapter, what you see is uh, the woman uh, sticking the snip, the man sticking the woman, and then God just, you know. He had to deal with everything. Mm -hmm. God, mm -hmm. everybody. Well, and you can also say that prayer is like you know go, going into warfare, you know, and there is no there is no cry of warfare, you know, for the people or prayers for the people, you know. There was just the sound of just of singing. There was no no crying for you know the children or crying for those that are in pain or going through things or anything like you said the inner sanity. Yeah, we just—it's not—it's not there. Yeah, that—that's a yeah. They're just—that's a good point, Leonard. Um, the whole reason why they said they made this calf was because, hey, uh, you know, uh, we don't know what happened to Moses, right? Not one tear was shed over Moses. That's right. Not one tear. Yeah, not one prayer chain was set up to bring you know pray for Moses' safety. You know, I had a uh, just a quick personal thing. Uh, you know, there's been going on. I, you know, there's a lot going on in everybody's lives right now. A lot going on. And uh, I was talking to my mom on Friday, and she was telling me, you know, so much stuff's going on in the family that uh, she's. It's not a blessing that so much is going on, but it's a blessing that she has gotten back into prayer like never before. Like when she was younger, they used to pray for like hours, like three, four, five, six hours at a time. And now that she's older and retired, she feels like there's more purpose now to pray, you know, and the close, the more that she's praying for everybody, it's just the more God has given her vision and God is speaking to her and, you know, the intercession. That's why I said that, you know, the prayer is like a, like, like a war, you know, you know, praying over people and, and interceding for people. Yeah, that's right. Well, we are basically out of time. Um, we'll have to pick it up next time, but we continue to amplify these events between the book of Revelation and, and Exodus 32. And I hope that um, the two of you are getting something out of this. Oh, I've been so blessed. I can't even articulate it. I am so thankful, so grateful, so blessed. Yeah, I get excited to hear what you guys have to say about these these verses. There's so much here that we're just leaving things behind. You know, we could talk about John 9, 4, the night when no good work can be done. We could talk about Elijah vis visiting the widow with her last bit of oil. Um, 
there's there's just uh, we we could we could spend three months just doing um there's just too much there's just too much to be done but we'll do the do the best that we can and hopefully point the listener in, in some directions to get their remembrance or remembering um, which is which is how it becomes alive in the first place well and that's my prayer too is that the listener is blessed that the listener is refreshed and nourished and given some perhaps some guidance some insight that they never had before because that's what i value and i've told this privately to matthew that one of you will say something matthew will say something ben will jose leonard and my brain just goes click and something falls into place because i it just it's just such a blessing i can't even like i said i can't even articulate it there's something i wanted to add um Leonard brought up the time frame with the 40 and because I've spent a lot of time in Jeremiah today, I want everybody to realize this, that if you haven't looked at Jeremiah, you probably should because in the opening verses of Jeremiah, he plainly states that Jeremiah, well, he led Israel for 40 years. Everybody's flipping over to Jeremiah. Yeah, because it says that from the 13th year of Josiah. Well, we know that to be 627 BC. Jeremiah prophesied until the destruction of Jerusalem in 587. That's 40 years. So I know we don't have time to do it right now, but when Leonard said that, not that I want to get into a big lengthy discussion about time, but it's important that you understand Jeremiah is also linked to, to this time frame. So most people don't preach about that. As a matter of fact, um, you know what? That's enough. We're, we're at the end. Um, closing comments, uh, Ben. Well, you just mentioned time, and I the, the thing that comes to my mind is if you have a mountain spewing out um, thunder and lightning, and is it not possible that you might not be familiar with how much time had passed? Amen. You're right. You're absolutely right. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, God bless. Godspeed. Amen. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.